and welcome to the Lost World Minutes, the Minute by Minute podcast. We're doing the 1997 sequel to Jurassic Park, one minute at a time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And today we're discussing Minute 11 of the Lost World. David, how have you been? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, I have a guy who does modeling with Ryzen replicas. He's making me a replica of the bold T-Rex from uh, from the Lost World Jurassic Park, the maquette that Stan Winston Studios created. Well, he's going to make me a replica of that maquette, which has got me really excited. Ah, oh, that's that's incredible. Because as as we know, I've been going after the uh, Chronicle T Rex, the Breakout T Rex, and there's been some uh, grumblings this last week. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've seen yeah, we've seen a picture of uh, what we're told was one of the final production figures getting out into a collector's hand, and some of the paintwork on it wasn't what we uh, what we'll think it was going to be. No, no, it wasn't. It was kind of. If you ask me, the paint on it was way too. Um, the colors they're using were too deep, and they're kind of creating these over exaggerated lines and detailing that just did not work for it at the time. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I think that Chronicle has cracked down their quality control issues, and the stuff that we're coming out now. The lines are more subtle, the detailing is more subtle, and it really, really works for the model. I think, and I've never been happier to be wrong. I, when I first heard that Chronicle was coming out with the uh, models, I was really excited. I looked at their stuff that they were already doing with Terminator Genesis at the time, mm-hmm. and I knew I'd never be able to afford any of it. But, <laughs> but I wanted them to succeed because I love this franchise, and I, and it, it, the. Bold T-Rex bus that they put out really kind of disappointed me because the detailing and the color palette just was not right. But the uh, breakout uh, Rex bust or statue that they've come out with now is just spectacular. It looks great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that same thing like some of the original busts and that I wasn't 100% with the color. Um, even when these this photo from this collector started coming out. Now, I don't... It was it was sourced from an Asian distributor, wasn't it? Wasn't there something uh, there? Yeah, someplace out in China or something like that. Yeah, and it wasn't actually from the uh, the stores that Chronicle were getting in their warehouse. So there's some yeah, there was something going on there. Whether it was an actual Chronicle product. Well, now I'm hearing that they what that while they still had the same painters that those earlier models were doing. They're actually going to open up the boxes before they send them to check them personally for quality control, and before they send them out to customers. Okay. That's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's good on Chronicle's part. Um, mm-hmm. As you said, like they've got the license; they're the only ones really going f- full bore into the Jurassic franchise. Yes, you got some uh, third-party companies doing their own sort of stuff, Paul Elder and that, that are doing their own products. But Chronicle got the license; they're going into all this. Um, they're only supposed to be doing Jurassic World stuff, but to go back and do a lot of this Jurassic Park and Lost World stuff as well, it's it's good. It's it's expensive, and it is for the for those collectors with uh, a bit of a higher higher funds to to waste or spend. But um, most of their products, from what's been seen so far in production, have uh, been quite well. And I, as soon as I get this Breakout T Rex paid off, I uh, I hope to go and get. The male raptor bust from the Lost World. Oh yeah, that one looks good too. And I recently saw some pictures, some factory production pictures of the, um, of the Jurassic Park, uh, Velociraptor, the fur, the female mm-hmm. bust, and that one looks beautiful. It, 
the pictures weren't that good, but you could tell. But it, and so the bust didn't look good, but it was only good, didn't look good because of you could tell because of the picture. Yep. The actual bust itself looked really really nice. The paint was on was on spot. The detailing was on spot. It was it, I. It looks really like a really good piece from them. Mm-hmm. So I got I, I have big expectations from Chronicle now. Yeah, yeah, especially they're they're starting to show more photos of the uh, juvenile raptors as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and um, production pictures of the the Lost World uh, Stegosaurus maquette also came out. And mm-hmm. if you ask me, the plates still aren't the plates are way too brown. It's got more of a Jurassic World look to the plates. But the body, the original prototype, though, I think I felt like the green paint on the body was too strong. But the now, but the production pictures now of the actual maquette that's being sent out, the green is a bit more subtler. So and it really, really works for the for the new uh, maquette statue. Have they actually have they actually titled it the Lost World Stegosaur? I believe so. Yes. Okay, so it's the replication of the Stan Winston Studios maquette. Okay, so they're not just using the Lost World design maquette and putting a Jurassic World paint job on it and selling it as a Jurassic I World one. I don't believe so. No, okay. I don't believe so. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's about it from the world of statue news at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to get into this this week's minute? Sure. All right. Let's do it. As the tenth minute of the Lost World ends, Ian Malcolm helps Hammond out of the bed. At the ten minute mark, Hammond continues with how he wants the most spectacular living fossil record the world has ever seen. At 10 minutes and 2 seconds, John and Ian begin walking towards Hammond's desk. Ian asking, What? People? At 10 minutes and 10 seconds, Hammond boots up his computer and shows Ian a map of Isla Sauna. Satellite infrareds have shown the carnivores to be in the centre of the island and how the team going to the island will stick to the outer rim, where he presumes they'll be safe. At 10 minutes and 22 seconds, Hammond tells Malcolm to trust him and that he's not making the same mistakes again. Ian replies, No, no, you're making whole new ones. At 10 minutes and 30 seconds, Malcolm puts his hands to his face, dumbfounded by this whole situation, and he goes into a recap mode. So there's another island with dinosaurs on it, no fences this time, and you want to send people in. Very few people on the ground. And who are these four lunatics you're trying to con into this? At 10 minutes and 42 seconds, Hammond confirms that it was difficult to convince him in the first place, and that in the end, he had to use his checkbook to get him there. At 10 minutes and 49 seconds, Hammond starts naming off the other three members of the team. Nick Van Owen, the video documentarian. Eddie Carr, the field equipment expert. And as the minute ends, Hammond puts third member's file under his arm, saying that we have our paleontologist. And this ends the 11th minute of The Lost World. One thing we haven't sort of talked about yet uh, with these scenes and what's happening in Hammond's study, bedroom, office, all in one, is uh, his health condition. Um, mm-hmm. Laid up in bed, he's got some uh, got an IV line there and some monitoring equipment. Oh, yeah. Now, it's never actually stated in the film what's, what's his condition, if he's just a bit sick in his old age or if there's actually a serious condition here because um, you'd think it'd sort of be a uh, be more of a reason for Ian to help him out if uh, he was on his deathbed or something like that mm-hmm. um, like, well they never actually mentioned in the 
uh, script either. They just say that he's kind of getting old and he's he's dying, and that he's not doing too well. In fact, the original ending of the script in, had uh, involved Hammond's funeral in the for in the first draft of the script uh, was Ian Malcolm delivering a eulogy at Hammond's funeral. Mm. Yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna see a lot more of this later on in future minutes with uh, that original script parts being left in and not being excised mm-hmm. um, and just the plot not going anywhere or nothing happening out of it um, because he could the way he sort of he's up out of bed he's even though yes Ian helps him out but he's um he's quite easily walking around his computer talking mm-hmm. like it could so we tell he's leaning on that cane of his a little bit more than he was back in Jurassic Park yeah he's kind of dependent he, in Jurassic Park you almost felt that cane was more of a showpiece than an actual cane. Mm-hmm. In the last world, you feel like he's actually using the cane a little bit more to walk. Mm. Yep. At least that's what I get from it. it may just be me interpreting uh, Attenborough's uh, acting. Yeah, he did just get out of bed too. You don't know how long he's been in there. Yeah. Legs, legs are asleep. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, it's just it's an interesting thing. We sort of come in, we see, see all this equipment... Um, I know in the fan fan community there's been talk about maybe he's got cancer or something like that, but nothing's ever really really uh, explained out of it. So yeah, he's just uh, he's just being treated for an illness, old old age illness or something. He might have a flu or but then most of them things he'd sort of he'd put your talking off if if he uh, was suffering him. But this is where we get a uh, little bit of a cut scene. Cut for time. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, cut for time. You you uh, have the link, and we'll put that uh, up on the Facebook page when this goes up this week. Mm-hmm. But um, you found that you found that uh, cut scene on YouTube. Oh, actually, well, yeah, I found it on YouTube, but I was pointed to it by uh, a guy named J, uh, Jamie Arnold. His YouTube name is J Arnold. He posted it up on the on YouTube. As he found it, he had an old. Betamax of all things, it was a promotional Betamax uh, cassette that where he found it. It was, and I have no idea how he found this Betamax promotional thing, but it was on there and he shared it. And back when the old Jurassic Park Legacy website was still up, and so what it tells us is, it basically later on, and we'll talk about this in the minutes uh, coming up here, is that. Uh, Ian Malcolm mentions that there's four members on the scene. He says, and how did you con these four lunatics into this? And without this deleted scene, you don't know how he already knew there was four members going in there. Mm. And Ian Malcolm kind of jokes in the scene about how four, four average guys, you should, you, you should be sending in the National Guard here. <laughs> hmm. kind of, which is always kind of funny because of his experiences from in the first Jurassic Park. Yeah, and it also... Uh... It also sort of includes the start of the uh, the computer scene, hammering, booting the computer up, and um, bringing up the map that we see here in a minute. But, mm-hmm. uh, it is it is interesting, and yes, I never actually thinking about it. You never actually realise that Hammond doesn't say how many people he's sending or anything. It just out of the blue, mm-hmm. Ma- Malcolm's <laughs> four. Who are the four people? So, and it's yeah. just it's just another one of those little bits that were just cut for time. It sort of doesn't really. Mm-hmm. Or it does add to the scene, but 
Yeah. yeah. The, but that's the that's really the lost world, if you ask me. The movie was just cut so cut up cut up so so much that you really don't get those kind of like little nuances. Like you don't get the nuances of Aj and Roland. Aj just kind of gets delegated as some side character to Roland, and uh, other small little things about characters. Ludlow is a bit is painted as a bit of an alcoholic in the deleted in the deleted scenes in the script, which you don't really get so much in the final film. Mm. And it's just these little nuances about the characters that you don't get. So the Lost World was either either had to choose between pacing and better characters, and it was obvious which one they chose in the final cut. Mm. Then we get the uh, we get the computer screen here with the satellite infrareds. Um. Our, mm-hmm. first, our first look at the movie version of Isla Sauna, showing off uh, Triceratops, T-Rex, Gallimimus, and Pachycephalosaurus. Um, mm-hmm. not Which is s- interesting because these, therm- these thermal uh, signatures are all over the island. Yeah. And, and Which indicates that the island is really a much bigger place than we see. Because there's this prop map that everybody likes to use. It was the it was really the kind of best um, map that was really ever out there for the for the movie. But the thing is, the map was changed in the final version of the in the of the movie. And so, because this map represented an older script of the movie, where they had the extended village chase, and they had the more buildings in the village. Yep. And it was kind of based more around that. This older map was based more around that older script and so once the new script came out Spielberg or somebody must have said wait a second we got a whole we got a whole different script we got a whole different layout of Isla Sorno mm. so we'll need a new map and that's what we see on the thermal signature and the, the thermal signature map is the same thing that we later see in the trailers which is the same thing that we later see on the screens in the engine encampment on Isla Sorno also uh, interesting too when he goes over he's got a um, photo of Tim and Lex on his on his desk. Oh, yeah, he does. I, yeah. I, it's those little features, the little details that really make this movie, I think. Again, never seen, never even noticed that before. Or the, um, either the big bit of ivory or whalebone or something he's got there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has artwork by um, Douglas Henderson uh, uh, covering his walls. One of them is artwork of a stegosaurus herd in a creek bed, in a redwoods creek bed, mm-hmm. which is foreshadowing of the scenes that come later. It also has the one where the two allosaurs are attacking the apatosaurus. And uh, he's got some Jurassic Park The Ride concept art in his office, along with original Jurassic Park concept art. <laughs> so it's all those little nuances and things around the office there, I think, feel like really bring the movie to life. Yep. Hmm. All right, so we've got uh, the four lunatics, and he starts uh, reeling them off. We've got... Nick Van Allen, who's a video documentarian. Um, mm-hmm. Eddie Carr, which is a field equipment expert. One one name we know from the novel. Um, and the minute ends with uh, him putting another folder under his arm, saying they've got their paleontologist, so he's trying yeah. to hide something there. Yeah, I like how he just sticks that under his arm. Oh, don't worry about the paleontologist. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that whole scene too, like he's standing there, he's got the cane under his arm, he swaps the cane out for when he puts the file there, but um, again, like standing there, 
presumably in good health, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So uh, Nick Van Allen, we don't get to see him for a few more minutes, but uh, Vince Vaughn straight off, yeah, straight off the uh, straight off the set of swingers. Um, I suppose we'll get to it in a later minute, but Steven Spielberg went and seen the premiere of Swingers and thought that he wanted uh, one Vince in a movie, and here he is. So, mm. um, interesting, too, we get uh, Eddie Carr from the novel, um, not as a sidekick to Jack Fawn, but as Jack Fawn himself, it seems. Yeah. Although we don't, even when we get to the warehouse scene, we don't even see a sign saying Carr Field Systems or <laughs> anything like that, so that could have been another little Easter egg they could have thrown in just to... Uh, Mm-hmm. Just to uh, do it, um, and the paleontologist, he's being coy with it. Did we were, were we ever th- thinking it was Alan Grant or somebody? Somebody that he doesn't want to, he doesn't want Ian Malcolm to know about. Yeah. All right. Well, I suppose we'll get more into that into the uh, into the next minute. Is that all? All you've got? All you want to discuss for this yeah. one? Yeah, this sounds pretty good. All right. Pretty good length there too easy. Alright, we'll get out of here and uh, we'll be back next next time with Minute 12. Alright guys, let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website, thelostworldminute.com and you can email feedback to thelostworldminute at gmail.com Facebook, The Lost World Minute Twitter, at The Lost World Minute and Instagram, The Lost World Minute. Easy to remember. Yeah, yeah very easy to All remember. Right. <laughs> uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. You're welcome. And uh, we'll be back. I've been Brad. I'm Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Talk to you later. Bye. It is absolutely imperative that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, life will find a way.